Welcome to the Death Dialogues Project Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Odd Jennison, and I can guarantee you that you will be a better human for listening to these stories. Thanks for being here. I'm so happy you've joined us today. You know, one of the things that has been the most soothing balm for me since my deep loss is the feeling of connection to the other side. Today, we have Marissa, who's a medium. After graduating with a business degree from the University of Michigan and completing a six-year career in brand marketing at PepsiCo in New York City and LA, Marissa realized she wanted more time and freedom to explore other countries. So she quit her corporate job to try her hand at entrepreneurship and began traveling the world full-time while running a few successful online businesses. In her time visiting over 60 countries, learning about self-development practices to become a better entrepreneur and studying spiritual and scientific principles to heal a broken heart and a mysterious back pain, Marissa learned two important skills that changed her life. One, she had the incredible ability to coach others so that they too could live emotionally freer lives with more joy and alignment And two, she discovered she was a psychic medium who had the gift of communicating with those who had passed on, which looking back was not so surprising considering her mother's spiritual experiences. Marissa now knows her mission is to help heal others by leveraging her gifts of empathic coaching and spiritual communication all while traveling the world and living a life in alignment. And you can find more about Marissa at marissamedium.com, which is also in the program notes. That's M-A-R-I-S-A medium.com. So in this conversation, we are heavily focused on the medium aspect. And um, I think that you're going to really enjoy this episode. This is not um, something that Marissa has experienced her entire life. It's relatively new, and she has a unique way that she plugs into the other side. Uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Thanks for being here. And before we start, I would like to share that this was such an intriguing episode. I engaged Marissa's services, and we had another episode recorded that will be part two. So please subscribe and listen next time as well if this is something that you find interesting. And I'm sure you will be blown away by that episode. Thanks for being here. Hello, Marissa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Becky. So excited to chat with you today. So I am really, really pleased to have you here. I'm very excited about this topic. And I was just wondering if you wouldn't mind just first sharing your own story of loss and then let us just hear broadly about what your work has led into. Is that okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. And they go hand in hand. So my own story of loss, um, I, I do think, knock on wood, I've been pretty lucky in life um, to not have any traumatic loss or um, young loss in my life. 
Uh, but the loss that I know we were kind of talking about today, um, I've lost three grandparents in total. Uh, one when I was just a few months old, so I, I didn't know um, him as he was alive. I'll say that. We've mm-hmm. since talked. We'll get into that. But um, the other two were uh, grandparents and on, on one on each side. But the one that we're talking about today was my grandfather, and that was my mother's father. And the reason it played such a significant role uh, in my life today beyond him being a fabulous, smart, um, sassy, hysterical man who, who I loved. Um, he sparked, um, a search in my mother to really connect with the other side. And I guess I should back up a little bit by saying my mother growing up, um, before she'd really experienced loss herself was always interested in, the spirit world and past lives and ghosts that she felt in the house and helping other people clear ghosts from their house. And, um, you wouldn't know it unless somehow you got in conversation with her. She's not your typical person who you would expect it from. Um, but when she lost her father, she really started going to a lot of psychics and mediums to help her grieve, to get answers, to find a connection to him. And I, I kind of tagged along with her. And though I think she was grieving more heavily. It was her father, um, you know, one generation removed from me, even though it was sad and hard as well. Um, it was really through her loss that I discovered, uh, my own abilities as a medium, which came as a surprise, uh, to me. It wasn't something I was seeking or expecting or looking for, but I became really fascinated and curious and as well, and, um, have started doing this work now. And so that's kind of, how this all began. So as a child, were you around these type of conversations a lot? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. My brother and I used to like really make fun of my, not make fun in a bad way, but joke with her, tease her. And, um, you know, again, we'd be sitting in our house. My mom, a a dog would bark or my mom would just have this feeling. And she would say to us, so, so so-and-so is in the room or, you know, there's a spirit and we'd say, who is it? She was like, I don't know. I just feel that there's a spirit or, um, you know, I remember as a kid, she would talk about this past life. She was on a trip with my um, father in Santa Fe, New Mexico. They were with some friends and she went into a cave and she just said she, she had these flashes of like bloodshed in this location. And she said, you know, Stuart is my father. She said, we, we have to get out of here right now. And she was explaining to him like around the corner, I can see what it looks like. It looks, you know, they'd never been to this place and, um, she'd had this vision of a past life. And so my brother and I growing up, uh, thought she was a little nuts. If, if I'm being honest, um, my brother still thinks I'm insane. I've kind of come <laughs> around. Obviously I've joined my mother and maybe surpassed her in a lot of ways. Um, but I always, I would say definitely this was always just part of a conversation. Um, not at, you know, not 24 hours a day, not all the time, but here and there, definitely. And I never, um, I, I would think it was funny. My friends and I would, would tease her, but always found it interesting. And I always would tell her, you know, I don't not believe, you know, what you're experiencing, but I personally didn't have those experiences until, um, like my late twenties to actually experience some of those things that she had been. So I was always a believer because of her. And I think I was more open to it because of her, but yeah, I didn't fully, fully believe until, um, until my grandfather passed away and I went to a medium with her and really had this first experience, um, firsthand, I would say. So when she shares about her knowing or however she Mm -hmm. describes that was what age did that start for her? Do you know? 
You know, that's a really good question. I don't, I should, I need to ask her. I don't actually know if that was something she experienced early in her childhood or, um, discovered in her twenties as well. I need to ask her that. I know as, as long as I have been alive and I am in my early thirties, uh, that has been her experience, but I need to ask her, but it's really interesting. I think it runs generationally in our family through the women. So my, my grandmother who, you know, my mom's mom, who is, she's the one grandparent I still have alive. Um, she is not quite as mentally with it, uh, to ask her a lot of these questions now, but my mom would always explain that she had kind of premonitions through dreams and, you know, knew my mom was pregnant before my mom knew she was pregnant, kind of like those kinds of just intuition and knowing. And it's funny, I was out visiting her maybe about two years ago with my mom, right around when I started to discover all of this. And she kind of is uh, lucid, you know, she, she kind of taps in and out of being present and able to have a conversation and not. And I was, we were telling her about it and um, I was asking about her mother and she said, to, she said to my mom and I, she was like, you know, you two are kind of witchy. And my mother was always kind of witchy too. And I was so excited. I was like, tell me more, really? And then she just kind of snapped out of it. And the next day I asked her, you know, what were you talking about? Like, what were some examples? And she said to me, what are you, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't know. She had no idea what I was talking about. So I'll never really know, but I think that it's always kind of run in our family through the women, which is kind of cool. So that's interesting, you talking about the intergenerational aspect. I've heard of that before. It's, you know, what do you think that's about? Do you think it's about genetics or just the environment that kids are raised in? I think that's fascinating. I think it's fascinating as well. And my hunch, I honestly don't know the answer. I think it's a little bit of a mix of both. I think that it's very possible if my mother had never talked about these things growing up, if she wasn't interested, if she wasn't going to mediums and psychics and talking about past lives, I honestly don't know if I would have ever gone down this path to discover it myself, right? I think the only reason I discovered it is because I was so open to it and I was reading about it and I was going to these things with her and I was just curious and I was, I was learning and it kind of accidentally happened. Um, so I think part of it, you know, perhaps it's generational or, um, you know, runs in the family because people are open to it and they, they learn and they, um, you know, try things that other people might never expose themselves to. Um, but I do think in terms of just kind of this intuition and knowing, I do think some people are just kind of wired in that way a little bit more than others. Um, you know, when I think about my brother, even there's only two of us, but, uh, he's so the opposite of me and, um, you know, we, we come from the same genetics. So, you know, I think you kind of have to be open as well, but I think that's part of, I think that's a big reason. I think half of it is that maybe we're, we're wired a little bit more towards it. And then also we're just more open to it because of the, your family or what you're exposed to. Yeah. I just, I'm really getting that feeling as you're, as you're explaining that, you know, if you're clenched, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, have a belief system or even, yeah. you know, what I, what I found talking to people and have experienced myself, if you're afraid, if it, if it gets yeah. you a little afraid of what may happen, I'm yeah. sure that's a barrier as well. Hey. Absolutely. I know. I never thought of it as a scary thing and you know, we can, you can ask any questions you want, but, um, a lot, I, I never had a fear of it maybe because my mom was so open to it. And, um, for me, everything that comes through really comes from a place of, of love on the other side. And 
I didn't realize when I started doing this, I was like, wouldn't everybody just want to hear from their loved ones? But so many people who have felt lost and who theoretically would love to hear from their loved ones sometimes don't request letters and never will because they're they're so scared of the other side. And um, I'd love to kind of debunk any myths from that side. But I do think, you know, the more I research and learn, um, I've you know, I've been told that absolutely everybody is capable of this. I think that, you know, when children, my mom and I talk a lot about this, um, with small children, a lot of them, you know, they talk about their imaginary friends or the monster in the closet or under the bed and, um, you know, people that come to them in their nightmares or whatever it might be. And her theory, and I don't disagree is that children are, you know, before they learn that it's not quote unquote real or something that is, you know, it's not part of society they see these things and they do connect with spirit. And so like, you, you know, theoretically, I think that everybody is capable of it. We just close ourselves off to it. Yes. I, I reading I've done and, and just in my gut, I feel like that sounds that really resonates to me. Yeah. What, what do you say though, to the people that, um, just recently I came upon some reading that was just about the, you know, be careful because, the um troubled souls will come in and try to latch on to you or that type of thing speak to that a bit because i think you know if you want to debunk that's an area to debunk as well yeah it's a really interesting conversation and um i'm still learning a lot it's i guess the best example i can give so everything that has come through in my letters and that's the way my mediumship um, works and i can talk about that in a little bit of, of logistically how it works for me um, everything that comes through is a, is a place of love. And, you know, I've read so many books from mediums and, um, you know, heard and talked. And I think that most everything that comes through is from this place of love. That being said, um, the one experience I have had otherwise was actually, um, again, with my mom partner in crime and my dad was with us as well. So my dad used to not be a believer. I think my mom was crazy. And since I've been in this world doing this as well, he's, he's come along and, and fully believes in it all now. Um, but we were, um, basically my parents were trying to sell, um, their old house. They had, they built a new house and moved. And, um, my mom was told by a medium that there were spirits, um, like in the yard that were preventing the house from being sold. And there were bad spirits apparently. And, um, I, I, I travel the world full time. I do all of my work remotely and I happened to be home when she heard this and she said, Marissa, we got to go over there and we got to get rid of these spirits. And I was like, oh, of course we do, mom. Like, what else would I do when I'm home with you? And so we we went over, we walked over that night. My dad came with us. And as we were going, my mom said, Marissa, be careful. These are bad spirits. And my reaction was what I told you before. And I was like, no, mom, you know, it's all from a place of love. It's, you know, they're all good. They all mean well. And she said, no, like these are, these are evil. These are bad spirits. Like be careful. Don't open yourself up, close yourself off. And I I was like, okay, okay, whatever. I didn't really fully listen to her. And, um, that night we were walking around with like a stage at like 11 PM. People probably thought we were insane. Um, but I was walking and I, I grew up in this house for, you know, till I went to college. So 18 years and had, you know, been home many years since and was knew this backyard well. And I was walking through the backyard and um, I got so distracted by the sage and a candle um, and by this spirit that was that was there um, that I literally walked off the wall. I say walked off like, I don't know, it felt like I was like pushed off, distracted off. I don't know what you want to call it. And right before that, my mom had said, hey, Marissa, stop looking at this, like, be careful. I was like, OK, mom, you know, OK, mom. 
um, and, and literally had to go to the emergency room. It was one of the worst, you know, pain I've, I've ever felt, um, in my foot. I was in a boot for like two months while I was traveling afterwards. And, um, my mom was with a psychic, uh, months later in our backyard talking to her, the house is still not sold. And, um, she said the same thing. She said, there's bad spirits here. And these spirits pushed more, you know, they, they didn't want Marissa, you know, getting rid of them. They didn't want to leave. And, um, pushed her, you know, essentially kind of like distracted, pushed me off of this wall to prevent this from happening. So it's kind of like, we laugh about it now. It was very painful, very, very painful at the time. Um, but that's really the one experience I've had with darker spirits. Um, so I suppose that they do exist and I'm still learning it all, but yeah, when I travel, I also, um, I love to learn about, you know, spiritual experiences in other countries. And they, um, I spent a month in Nigeria uh, last year and everybody there, apparently that's, you know, where the dark voodoo black magic is. And when I went there, everybody said, be really careful, like all this black magic. So I don't know. I like to not believe it, but perhaps there are some darker spirits. And part of my journey has been learning to close myself off to, um, you know, I don't leave myself open all the time. I just tap in when I'm writing these letters generally. Lovely. Yeah. That, makes sense and and do you do some sort of you know th there's been times that i've gotten um just like a feel you know like and, mm -hmm. and just think of the people that talk about yeah. uh grounding yourself and and light you know uh mm -hmm. imagining protective light around you that yeah. kind of thing is that yeah. is that a thing for you Definitely. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, there's, there's lots of different ways to do it, but, um, I love that one. So it's really, I like to imagine like a bubble around me almost this bubble of, of kind of white light or like a protective shield and, um, as an, as an empath as well. So I'll say even, even, you know, for people who aren't communicating with, <laughs> with the dead. Um, but if you're an empath in this world, which basically means you're really open to other people's emotions, right? So if, if you feel sad, most people say like, you know, Becky, I'm, I'm really sorry you're sad that you feel sad, but as an empath, um, you know, when you feel sad, I literally feel sad too. My body feels sad. So, um, I think it was, it really helped me prepare this. I learned I was an empath before I learned I was a medium. Um, and it's the same kind of thing. It's, it's not allowing yourself to take on the emotions or, um, you know, anything that comes through from someone else. So not letting, you know, spirits just kind of enter my mind or my body at any time. It's, it's really only when I tap in, but exactly like you said, imagining that white protective light. And if you feel like things, you know, sometimes it's, it's like going to the gym and working a muscle, right? When you first start, yeah. you kind of forget that you need to keep doing that. And so there's other ways, um, you know, people say, water is a way to kind of let things out of you. So if you're in a shower or pool or an ocean, like that can kind of clear you. Um, and the same with sunlight uh, to kind of be in the sun helps to clear that energy as well. And there's, you know, sage and all sorts of things. There's all different ways. I think it's interesting you bringing up the empath aspect, because that just brought up for me to being a therapist for many, many years, working in yeah. human services, mental health, and um, having that before they really had a word for it, you know, we didn't really know what that was, but it, yeah. but it was interesting, you know, that was, um, one way I connected very deeply with people and they felt it in the room and yeah. they appreciated it, but it was so important early on. I had to learn, um, techniques to not mm -hmm. carry that with me 
So it's so interesting that you bring it up in that way to think of like, okay, yeah, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, it's very similar. Very, very similar. And I do work um, as a coach as well, um, not related to mediumship. And uh, I have to practice the same things myself and even just with family and friends and strangers. And, you know, when I first came home um, with all the coronavirus, everything going on, there were days where I'm pretty good at now separating what's mine and what other other people's. Um, But even that one day, I was like, why am I feeling like so anxious and so nervous? And I was like, of course, this is every, the whole world is feeling this way. Of course I feel this way. Um, but yeah, it's exact same thing, like you said, as, as a therapist. So, um, I'm, yeah, people can relate to that. It's you know, the same exact tactics, honestly. Mm. Which especially new people sometimes really, really struggle with, but my goodness, I'm here to say listeners, <laughs> if you're in that line of work, that is, you know, you, you won't be able to do the work long, you know, that's it. And I'm sure it's the same with, um, the mediumship, you know, you, yeah. you won't be able to do have a lot of longevity with that if you're not able to take yeah. care of your, have your own boundaries. Eh? Definitely something I've had to learn and then um, get even better at as I started doing this work, because even when the letters come, you know, even when they are from a place of love or they're positive and some are depending on them harder than others, um, they're very energetically draining. And so not only do I have to kind of protect myself from knowing that, but also learning, you know, how not to hold on to it, how to release it, how to recognize that, you know, it has to come through me and out of me and not stay in me um, because it can be really, really draining. And like you said, if, if that's the case, and if there's any empaths out there just in life, um, you ever have questions, reach out, but um, it's really important and something, you know, I wish I'd known many, many years ago because, you know, before I started this line of work, even just in your, you know, even if you're not a therapist, if you're someone who, heavily takes on the emotions of others. Um, it's hard just in life in general, you kind of feel, you feel a lot of heavy emotions that aren't your own, but they feel like your own and you don't really know why or how to stop them. And, um, it's a really, yeah, very important thing that I've learned along the way. Well, yes, excellent points. And I'm sure our listeners in a variety of ways can appreciate that even in business as well. Yeah. That kind of energetic, Mm -hmm. um, taking on others energy. So I'm so curious, take us, if you don't mind, back to the beginning of, you know, because I really get a sense that there was a before and after, (laughs) you know, before you really got it or understood this is what, what a capability you had. Tell us how that came to fruition. Absolutely. So yeah, like I said in the beginning, um, it really started with the death of my grandfather, but that was many years before I realized that I did this specifically. So um, yeah, I won't get into the the first full years, but it started with um, me when I I moved back to Atlanta, when my mom was going through this. And um, in Atlanta, there's there's another medium who does these kind of like monthly channeling sessions, which for anyone who doesn't know what channeling is, rather than, um, you know, communicating with a specific person who has passed away, who's deceased, it's communicating with spirit guides. Um, So just imagine them, if you're not familiar with that term as kind of like wise spirits who are here to teach humans lessons. And um, so I would go to these once a month with my mom. And at the end, you could ask questions from people who had passed on. And so um, I would just kind of listen and go. And I just found it fascinating. And I love to, you know, ask my own question. There's probably like 30 or 50 people. And if it just found it really interesting. And then really, I would say at this, um, a year or two after my grandfather passed away, 
um, I went through a really difficult time myself. So I was living out in California. I was engaged and then ended my engagement. Um, I was working, I worked in marketing for Pepsi and like a super corporate job. And I quit my job and I started a business and I moved back to Atlanta and it was just like all the things at once. And I was really struggling. So I started going to the psychics and mediums with my mom kind of for answers and for healing really. And at this time I was also, um, listening to a lot of just entrepreneurial podcasts who would, who would talk about, you know, meditation and energy and, and manifestation. And I just became really fascinated by all of it. And so at this time I was journaling a lot as well, um, just as kind of a technique to get, you know, let my own emotions out, out of me and onto the paper to kind of make sense of things. And as I was writing, I had probably been writing for a year or two before this started happening to me. I suddenly realized that the words that I was writing sometimes would, you know, normally it would be like, I feel this and and I feel that. And then every now and then it would, it would be like talking to me. It would say like, you know, you should, you, you feel proud of this or you should go do this. And at first I just assumed it was, you know, like dear diary, like I was like writing to someone or just like in a weird mood or something. Um, but I was listening to, I, I then started listening to so many podcasts and YouTube videos that were all you know, reading books that were channeled. I was just so in touch with it that one day I just realized that, um, I was channeling. It wasn't my words. It, was, it wasn't my thoughts. And I realized, um, that's kind of how it started for me. So it was always through writing and it started through channeling, not like a specific person. And it wasn't until maybe six months after I started doing that, um, that the first person came through. And for me, um, I had been talking to a really good friend of mine, um, who had a cousin who had committed suicide and it was the one year anniversary of his suicide. And, uh, she was having a really hard time and her family was having a hard time that weekend. And I was with her one evening and I went home just to write for my, you know, for my own self. And this, these words came through from her cousin to her. And that was the very first time it happened. And I was like, Oh my God, like, you know, I guess I recognized it because I'd been to so many mediums and sessions and channeling and all of that. But that was the first time it was like a specific person talking to someone specifically that was not me. Um, soon after that, I did it again from my grandfather to my mom was the second one. I woke up, um, it was after we'd gone to a channeling session and, um, I, you know, he came and he was talking to her and he was talking to me and we left, we were, you know, in the parking lot walking to the car and I was like, mom, I just, I can hear more words from him, but I can't, I, I couldn't quite speak them. And still for me, it all comes through writing. Um, but I didn't know still that it was something I could tap into anytime. And the next morning I woke up and at like eight in the morning, I got out my phone and I just started like writing in the notes. And it was this long letter from my grandfather to my mom. So I sent it to her and she called me like minutes later, just sobbing. She said, my dad and I have just been crying. We don't know how you knew these things. Um, you know, it's, uh, this is such an amazing gift. Like you, this is so, this is so incredible. So I was like, okay, maybe there's something happening here. Um, and my mom was telling her friend um, about about this letter that I had written for her. And her friend said, can Marissa write a letter for my daughter? My daughter has a friend who passed away. So her daughter was um, a freshman in college at this point, And her friend had passed away their senior year of high school from a drug overdose. And I said, you know, I'll give it a shot. I, I didn't know her daughter. I didn't know this person. I said, as long as she knows... I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know if this will work, but you know, if I can help, I'd, I'd love to. Sure, I'll try. So she sent me a picture and asked um, you know, the questions and I just 
started writing and I was so nervous. I was like, what if I'm making this up? It just, it feels when I do it, like I'm just making up a story because when there are other people, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I sent her this letter and I prefaced it again. I said, you know, I am, please know I, I've never done this before for anyone else. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing. Let me know if it resonates with you. Basically. I was really kind of curious myself. And she wrote back later and just said, thank you. I've been sitting here sobbing. I don't know how you knew the information that you did. Um, this is the closure that I needed and I never had. Like, I, I can't thank you enough. And so that's how it all began. And then I kind of tested it with more and more people just to see like, is this a thing? Am I making this up? Like I was really kind of trying to test myself and um, I just kept getting the same responses. And so here I am today. Wow, I have chills. Yeah, I got the chills too on my arms. <laughs> it's that, yeah. What a process for you. I can't even imagine. Yeah. And I think it's, it's been- interesting to hear your self-doubt because I think a lot of us looking, you know, always think well, like, oh, they just know so much. But it's interesting to hear that you're human and you did have that <laughs> doubt about it. I am. And I'm still human. And every time I write a letter, I still think to my, you know, maybe it just takes doing like thousands of them. I don't know, like I've done so many at this point, but every time I write, I just think like, someone's going to tell me this isn't real or it's not going to work or they're going to doubt it. And I think that's something I have to accept and it's okay if it happens, you know, it can't be perfect. And um, it's still not a a perfect process, right? Like the way it works. um, And I can talk about that. It's not Um, it's not a perfect process. It's a lot of interpretation and, um, it's interesting, but yeah, I'm absolutely human. You know, as I I coach a lot of entrepreneurs and have done a lot of entrepreneurial things and we call it imposter syndrome, um, in the entrepreneurial world. And, uh, you know, I, I still feel that it's, um, every time I'm like, I've got to be making this up and you've done it enough times now that, you know, 90% of the time I'm like, all right, you know, we're like, stop thinking that do it. You know, this is, I do it because it, it's so healing and it's so helpful. And I think that it is a beautiful gift, but you know, 10% or 5% of my mind, you know, all the time is like making this up. Like you're kind of crazy. Like this can't be real. So, um, I, I, yeah, I'm human too. And I share that because, um, there's so many people and I'd, I'd love to kind of share ways that people can tap into this. Even if you're not hearing words and sentences and pages of writing the way that I do, you know, there's ways to connect to your loved ones. And I know you kind of said you maybe feel signs and things along the way, but you know, so many people just don't believe it's real or doubt it. Or the truth is we have no way of proving or knowing. And so, you know, people might see a sign or, you know, something that reminds them of a loved one that's passed away or almost hear their thoughts or what they might say. And we just think that we're making it up. Right. But it's, it's real. It's very real. And that's, I guess, what I want to share and encourage people to even be able to, to do on their own day to day as well. Oh, I think so many people who have had loved ones that have passed would have loved to have that access. And I know, um, for myself, yeah, there's a, a, a real yearning at times and, um, it kind of ebbs and flows and it's made me wonder, like, is it ebbing and flowing with, you know, when you read, they talk about times that maybe they've got their own things to do and aren't <laughs> yeah. so accessible, right? right. Or, right. you know, and, and other times. One that was really profound was fairly recently, our neighbor does massages and mm-hmm. um, I got ready and I was lying down and 
I just have this overwhelming wash over me. And I think she had some relaxing music on, but I just mm-hmm. had this overwhelming wash over me of just like bliss. Mm. Um, and I wasn't really in that space, you know, right. it wasn't, you know, it was different. And right. it just felt like I just felt extreme joy yeah. and, and contentedness. And then I heard my brother in my mind, not in my yeah. ear, but right. in my mind say, there you are. Oh, yeah. He said, this is the channel. This is where you oh, find wow. us. This oh, is I the channel you you've got to t- tune yeah. in to find us, Oh wow, which made so much sense yeah. because, you know, in tough times, you know, it seems like maybe that is a little bit more of the disconnect, you know, or maybe back to what we were talking about earlier where, you know, clamping down or whatever, maybe that's maybe um, when you're profoundly sad or distracted by human stress, you know, that's going on or, Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, maybe that somehow for novices or, you know, for people (laughs) like me that don't do it for a living, but maybe that, you know, is part of the interference, but it was just like, there was just this little bit of space, you know, this tiny bit of space where there was nothing but that. Ah, I love it. And I think it's so real. I had a friend recently who said, um, she told me goosebumps are truth bumps. I've never heard that before. But yeah, when I normally when I get all these goosebumps in my arms, I even got them on my legs this time, it means things are like really profound and really real. So to me, it means that your brother was definitely there with you. And I think that yeah, we're, we're so busy, um, you know, with our, our minds chattering and just life, you know, being busy and getting in the way that we're closed off to all of these things. And so even for me, um, the more, like I call, you know, when you say kind of like your channels open almost or your brothers told you, which is so cool. Um, when I am like not doing as many letters or not, um, like reading or going to these sessions or listening to channeled work, it feels farther and farther away from me. And then I'll, I'll read a book that's channeled or about mediumship, or I'll do some letters or suddenly like it all starts coming back in and it, and I'm tapped into it. It's more present. It's more powerful. So even for me, um, the more I'm open to it and receptive to it, the stronger it is. So when you're not, you know, training yourself to be open to it, normally we're just closed off. So like you said, it's in those meditative states or, you know, through that massage where finally maybe your brain turned off and your channel was open, he was able to communicate. And what I would offer to you, you know, as you maybe try to do that more, I, I would really encourage you to, um, you know, my mom talks to her dad in the same way that you said, you just be like, it's not like he's talking in my ear, but it's, um, it's almost like you kind of hear his voice in your mind the same way you would hear mm-hmm. your own voice in your mind. And for many years, my mom um, would kind of just think that she was imagining like what my grandfather would say, you know what I mean? Like, she's like, yeah, like I I used to think that those were, you know, his thoughts, but, you know, just imagine, I knew him so well, imagining what he would say to me and what she's come to realize. And I, you know, what I, what I offer to you as well is that, um, those are, that's really them communicating that really, really is. And Mm -hmm. so, and, you know, just get in that, you know, through meditation, through relaxation, through journaling, through massage, through asana, you know, whatever it is that gets you in that relaxed state. Whenever you hear that voice of, you're like, wait, that's not me. That's what he would think. It, it really is what they would think. And, um, you know, the other kind of thing you mentioned, I wanted to circle back to is like, you know, are they busy on the other side? 
um, I had a, I had a friend who wanted to do a letter for her grandmother and she was so hesitant. And I was like, what, like, what's going on? And she was like, I don't want to bother her. Like, what if she's busy? And I was like, that's what it is. Um, it was so cute, but I would say, you know, they're always there to communicate you, to communicate with you if, and when you need them. Um, so you're always, you know, always feel willing to ask them and you say, you know, Hey, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Or, um, we, we can talk about, you know, there's, there's ways, I don't know if you've ever done this to imagine a symbol, like to pick a symbol, whatever comes to, you know, your first thought, you know, my, for my mom and my grandfather, it's, um, hearts. He was a heart surgeon. So that's what she's chosen. Um, but it can be, you know, butterfly, a peacock, it could be, you know, the number three, 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 it could be, um, as, you know, some people feel it through scents is like, uh, the smells is, is how they experience. It can be anything. And you just say, you know, Hey, send me a sign. I just want to know I'm you're with me or if you agree with this and you'll be surprised. It's really cool how that symbol starts showing up for you. So there's lots of different ways you can kind of get those little winks and nudges from those people. Beautiful. And you, you mentioned, um, speaking to your process as that you would share. Yeah, definitely. I know a lot of people are like, so what is actually going on? They're like, if I walk in on you while you're doing this, like what's happening? Um, and I joke, like a lot of my friends are like, are you like sitting in a room, like levitating with incense? And I'm like, no, like that's, (laughs) um, you know, I'm just like dressed in, you know, my, my, you know, leggings, whatever, you know, I'm wearing normally. Um, I'm not like wrapped in like a turban or I don't have a crystal ball or anything like that. But, um, so for me, what happens is it's, I guess all mediums are a little bit different in how they communicate and the way that it works. So some people see spirits, right? They might see an outline of a ghost-like type thing or, um, hear it, hear spirits, you know, in their head all the time. Um, for me, it all comes through writing and I later learned this is called automatic writing. And I'm getting a little bit better, I would say, at just kind of like hearing it and sometimes be able to speak. But mostly, um, I can't do that. I have to like just put my, you know, whether whether I'm writing with a pen and pencil or even just typing. Um, and it, it's like I don't think I can't, um, I I can't say what's going to come out, but it just comes out like through my through my fingers, which is kind of bizarre. So when I do this, I um I basically like you kind of said with your massage, I get into like a meditative state a little bit. I just like take some deep breaths. And, um, just kind of start writing, honestly. And like I said before, I have people submit on my website, a picture and a list of specific questions that they want to ask. So I don't even speak to people. Um, and the picture, I'm just a visual person. I like to see, I guess, technically I don't have to have it, but I like it. And, um, it's funny because I say like when I'm Marissa, look at these questions that people send through every time. And this is that self-doubt imposter syndrome. I'm like, I don't know how the hell to answer these questions. Like, I don't know the answer. Like, what am I doing? How do I do this? And every time then I'm like, okay, deep breath, sit down, start writing. And it just kind of flows out through the writing. And, um, the best way I can describe it is, um, there's kind of two parts. I say one is if you ever have that feeling where you're driving home and suddenly, you know, you're like, I just drove five minutes down these roads and I don't even remember how I got here or, you know, what was happening with traffic. Like, how did I not crash this car? That's kind of how it is for me. So it's not like I'm unconscious or anything like that, but I don't quite, like I have to read the letters over again afterwards. I don't really know what I've written fully. So, um, that's a little bit how it works. And then, like I said, when I write, um, 
it doesn't necessarily make sense to me. So the same way, you know, if, if you and I had an inside joke and, you know, we're laughing about it, a listener, you know, would hear that joke. They understand English. They know the words, um, but it doesn't have the same meaning to them because they don't understand, you know, between me and you. Right. So it's the same thing for me when I write, you know, they might mention, um, you know, a, a symbol or a place that they went or a memory or something to do. And to me, I'm like, well, I don't really know what this means. And it's really neat for me to talk to people afterwards because they're like, yeah, this was so important because, you know, they would, we would do X, Y, and Z together. Or they would always, um, you know, they would always say this or, you know, something like that. So that's kind of, I don't know if you have any further questions, but in short, that's how it works. That is so cool. So, um, is part of the process that you always get the feedback or is it just that you get it because people are emailing you and going, Oh my gosh, a little bit of both. Some people um, don't like to follow up. I'm like, you know, if you have any questions, let me know. And they're like, I just want to really take my time and just soak it all in. I can't even talk. And I'm like, okay. Um, I would say a lot of the feedback came when I first started doing it, mostly because I wanted to overcome my own self doubt. I was like, can you please have a conversation with me afterwards and tell me like, what did this mean? So really I was learning to test my own abilities because I would send it and it made no sense to me. And I felt like I was like writing a fake novel. It's like, it feels like I'm writing a fictional book or something. And so it was really helpful for me. Um, the process when I first started, I would, you know, when I was doing it just for free to test it, I would say, Hey, if you don't mind afterwards, I'd love to have a conversation and understand how it, you know, what resonated. And so now, you know, nobody's required to do that. I don't do, um, phone call follow-ups unless people request it. Um, but do, people do definitely write in every now and then and say, you know, Hey, like, this is so cool. Like, did you know this meant that? I was like, I, I didn't know. And it's fun to kind of, um, the power of the, the follow-up phone calls. So as I said, I, you know, it all comes to me through writing. So I don't do like, uh, readings over the phone to begin with, but I do phone calls afterwards if people want, because, um, once I've written it and then I can kind of have those conversations a lot more, um, of the, the scene and kind of what I felt I can give more color to than, than always comes through in the words. So it's really fun. That's kind of how I get the follow-up as well sometimes. And it's really fun for me to have those conversations because then it, it all starts to make sense and I can explain better kind of what I was thinking or feeling when, when those words came through, if that makes sense. Hmm. Absolutely. That's just fascinating. Yeah, it's very hard, and it's been been really eye opening to experience and learn along the way. And how many years have you been doing it now? Yeah, about a year and a half. So yeah, I would say you know I didn't. It wasn't like I've been doing this since I was five years old or anything like that. It's it's definitely still newer in the grand scheme of things. Hmm. And you were going to share what you felt might be helpful for other people. I know you've dropped hints all along the way, but was there anything else you wanted to share with listeners that might want to further their connection with their loved one on the other side? Um, do you, you mean just like things that you can do day to day? Yeah. 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 So I think the, the symbol is really the best one, um, that I would love to share with anybody listening. And, so as you're thinking, I would say, you know, don't overthink it. If I said like, what is the symbol that you want to see? And maybe let's test it. Have you ever done this? Like done a symbol with your mom or your brother? I have, um, it's happened. Yes. 
Yes, basically the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, so I would say if you're open to it, um, like to just so maybe people can think, um, maybe think of your brother because he just, he, you know, he came through recently through the massage. If you were to think of a symbol that would remind you, if you see it, you say, that's, I know my brother is there. Does anything, and mm -hmm. just tell me like the first thing that comes to your mind. Tell you. Mm -hmm. If you're open to it. it a, a white feather. A white feather. Perfect. So yeah, a lot of people are like, should it be the white feather? But what if you wanted this? What if you wanted that? Maybe it should be this. And so I would say, um, so yeah, like from now on, um, you know, let him know or he knows because he's listening and, and is and knows now. Um, the white feather is a sign from your brother, right? So from here on out, anytime you see a white feather, it's a wink that your brother is there with you, is communicating with you. And Maybe you, sometimes you'll see it when you're, you know, not asking or not looking for it. And sometimes you can also say like, Hey, I'm having a really hard, right time, you know, a hard time right now. I'd love, you know, please show me a white feather or, you know, I'm, you know, if I'm on the right path, show me a white feather. And that could be, you know, maybe you're walking in the park and you literally see a white feather on the ground. That's the most obvious one. Right. But, um, what people don't really think is that you know, you might be looking at, um, a, you know, through your Instagram feed or on Facebook and you might see like a post that's randomly a dream catcher and it has a white feather in it. Or you might see, you know, a pillow and embroidered on it. There's like a white feather or a dove and doves have white feathers, right? Um, you might see the word like written out white feather, you know, it, you just never, or it might be, um, you know, on someone's earring, they have a feather that is white, you know, whatever it might be. Um, you can look for it anywhere. So for those people listening, um, if you have lost somebody and would love, you know, just to have, even again, if it's not, you know, full words and sentences, this feeling that they're present. Um, so like Becky just did, don't overthink it, shut your eyes. And again, it could be, um, an animal, it can be a symbol, it can be a number, it can be anything that comes to mind. Um, let that be your symbol and, um, just use that going forward forever. That's like your, your language together. Beautiful. I love that. Do you have that kind of sign with anybody that's gone before you? I do. I do. I use, um, so I suppose it's a little bit different now because I can also like tap in and kind of hear people and talk to them. But, um, yeah, so I told you my mom has, um, the feather that, or sorry, the feathers we were talking, um, the heart, since my grandfather was a heart surgeon. So we'll send each other pictures like all the time. And sometimes it's like, there's a frenzy of them when she needs it. Like there are hearts everywhere and she texts them to me. And like, if I'm walking on a beach and I see like a, a shell that looks like a heart, like I'll take a picture and I'll send it to her. Um, and usually it's times where, you know, there's hearts everywhere. I don't always notice them, but when I need to, I notice them everywhere. Um, for my grandmother on the other side, um, I do a tulip and it's cute. My mom and my dad and I were talking, um, so both my parents are alive, but we were talking the other day about this. So we were like, what will our symbols be? Cause you know, normally most of us haven't thought about this until people have passed away and we just kind of have to make our own, but my dad was so adorable. So he makes popcorn for us when we watch shows together. It's like his thing. And his mom like made all this homemade popcorn and passed along this like popcorn bowl so he told my mom and I, he's like, my symbol is going to be popcorn. <laughs> We're like, that's so cute. Aww. So we've, we've agreed on one beforehand, but, um, yeah, I've got lots of them for, for, um, for grandparents and I've helped a lot, of, a lot of times in the letters that I write, sometimes, um, you know, people who don't have symbols in, in the writing that comes through, they'll either say like, 
tell them to kind of do this or to say like, tell them to look out for this particular, like they'll kind of tell me what the symbol should be for those people, which is fun. Well, I have to share with you right now that I, my daughter, when Max died, we had him at my sister-in-law at their house Mm -hmm. for a few days and she got there that day. And she brought um, the stone heart. Mm-hmm. It's kind oh. of a stone. I'm trying. I'm looking, and I don't know exactly, but it's carved. Mm-hmm. And she had three: one for her, one for me, and one for him. And we put one in his pocket, so he has that. He's buried mm-hmm. with it, and she has one, and I have one. And never before have I done this, but in my space right now, where I'm recording, I have the heart sitting right in front of me. Oh. So. <laughs> so maybe that's. <laughs> That's another symbol. You can have multiple ones as well. You can have symbols. Well, I'm thinking for you with your, with oh, what you're because, seeing, it's your oh, sign. My, yeah. My right. grandfather's here oh. hanging out with us. I love that. That's yeah. funny. I've never had it. I was thinking for, for you, but yeah, certainly. And it can be just like that, right? Like I'm not seeing it, but we're talking about a heart. You're like, I have a heart. Um, so yeah, yeah. They're, they're everywhere when you start looking and that's what's so cool. So that's a fun one. I'll tell my mom. She'll be really excited. Yeah. Well, it's just like, for some reason I was compelled. To, you know, and it's, and how many of these have I done? And I've right. never once felt like, you know, like I oh, need I'm going to gonna bring Max in me. the circle or oh. have the heart there. You know, <laughs> I love that. It is funny. Very so powerful. I am intrigued with your, I travel around the world full time. Ah, yes. Small comment. <laughs> so tell us about your life. Tell us about your life and how this is, is this what you're doing full time? Yeah. Your a little, so 50, 50, um, I do, um, I say, you know, life coaching is the best way to describe it. Um, I think that phrase has become super cliche and I kind of hate it, but, um, I do a lot of coaching and, um, I definitely use my empathicness and intuition to help kind of guide the right questions to ask and all of that. Um, so yeah, I do a combination of coaching, um, really to help people, live their life in a more aligned way to, um, you know, a, a lot of times it starts with people who are unhappy with their careers. Um, because I've, I've done a lot in the entrepreneurial journey and leaving the corporate world and becoming a medium who knew, um, <laughs> this was never mm-hmm. my intention, but yeah, I do a lot of career coaching and really just helping people get over, um, anxiety and worries and fears and traumas that are holding us back from living our best life. And, um, I've realized since I've become a medium that it's maybe not so surprising. A lot of times these kind of go hand in hand. So those are the two different things that I do full time. So everything I do, um, my coaching sessions are all over Zoom before everyone started using Zoom for coronavirus. Um, I've been doing this for several years now, traveling the world. So um, I left in 2017, 2018, sorry, I never remember. But yeah, for the last two years, um, Aside from coronavirus, I am home in Atlanta, which is my hometown, uh, riding out this storm until it passes. But um, in the, I've been to over 60 countries now. In the past 18 months, I think I've been to over 30 or 40 of those countries. And typically, um, I try to spend about a month at a time uh, in each country because otherwise I get total travel burnout and I don't have time to work. And it's nice to kind of get a routine for a little bit. Um, so in the past year, I've lived in... Oh gosh, I was in Mexico for three months before I came home, but um, I was in Bolivia, Argentina, um, Oman, Nigeria, Panama, uh, did some traveling through Egypt and Jordan and um, all through South America, Central America, Spain, Portugal, Morocco, you name it. I've been all over. Um, I did you know, my first 
stint of it. The first four months, I um, I lived in Bali for six weeks and then Thailand for a month and all over Asia. So it's um, it's been really incredible. And I really purposefully um, chose this lifestyle. Again, I used to work for Pepsi in the corporate world, nine to five in an office and just felt like there was not enough time to get all the places that I wanted in life. And I didn't like having a boss and I wanted to do my own work. So that's kind of how I came across the entrepreneurial journey. And um, all the businesses that I built have been starting with the end in mind to do remotely from my computer. So that's kind of the life I've been living. That is so inspiring. Do you travel alone or do you have a partner that you're traveling with? I don't. So it's funny. Um, so I mentioned a little bit briefly earlier, uh, I was engaged and my original plan, this was um, back in 2017. Um, my partner and I, we, we were planning to get married, quit our jobs and travel the world together for like six months and then, you know, use our savings and come back home and and start, you know, back to the normal life, the way I pick a fence and all of that. And, um, yeah, I, I ended up not get, I, I called the engagement off and wonderful person just, again, just wasn't the right partner, but it was hard at first because I was like, this was my travel dream. Like this was my partner. I don't want to do it alone. And, um, I ended up finding this, this company called Wi-Fi tribe and it is all people who, um, work remotely. They all have their own remote job. So again, everybody has their, their own way that they make money and just chooses to travel full time. And they're set up. Um, so every month they're in like somewhere between three or four different countries for a month at a time. And they organize the place to live. So it's like, it starts on this day. Everybody comes, we spend the month in one place together. Everybody's, and it's fun because I don't have colleagues. So it's like, I get to work among really, really smart people who, um, are all living the lifestyle that I live. So I actually don't do much solo travel. Um, every, like, it, I did Jordan and Egypt alone in between, or, you know, with the tribe, I was with Argentina and then Oman. It was just some places I wanted to go between. But most of the time, um, I've been doing it so long that I have hundreds of friends through Wi-Fi tribe and other people who I've met along the way who also live this life. So now it's really less about the places I'm going and really I'm just like, where are my friends? And, it's kind of become, it's, it's a wonderful problem to have. And it's not applicable because none of us are traveling at this moment with uh, everything going on in the world. But it's really cool because, you know, aside from this time, you know, everyone's like, you know, come to Vietnam for this month. Like I'm going to be in Greece for this month. Like come here, come there. And I'm like, I don't know where to go. There's so many people and places to travel with. So, um, in, in long answer, I'm, I'm very rarely traveling alone and I'm usually surrounded by um, really awesome friends. And I've had some partners who I uh, have met along the way and traveled with for several months at a time and, and all of that. But it's it's a really cool life. And I, I love it. Oh, it sounds so exciting. The world is changing so much. And I think we're finding during this time, and you know, like you said, you did Zoom before Zoom was a must <laughs> with, yeah. with COVID. But you know, it is, it's changing everybody's perspective. I, I hope, I hope that borders start opening and yeah, that, that it's not um, a deterrent to you getting back to this way of life, if that's what you choose. And do you remember New Zealand? Um, yeah, I know New Zealand is <laughs> Have you been there yet? I have not. So my parents have gone and my dad always says if he could move to one country, if my brother and I would come with him, that is where he would go. So there was actually, I was hoping to get there um, this November, December, I was planning to go to Australia and New Zealand. So I don't know with everything going on, if that will happen as soon as I would like, but yeah, it's high on my list. And 
Um, I will certainly be traveling again as soon as I can along with many friends, but you know, I'm, I'm really grateful. I would, you know, as a lesson of life and I know, you know, to anyone who's had someone pass away and can, you know, just while we're on the topic who can feel like life is short. Um, I don't know. I'm, I just feel so grateful that I've had all these travel experiences that, that I have and that I took the leap and the risk when it felt hard and crazy that, you know, if I were to never travel again, if for whatever reason that happened, like, I'm just so grateful that I did it. And I don't think that will be the case. I think we'll all get back to it at some point, but, um, yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to get there soon. And New Zealand is high up there for sure. Do you feel like this opening that occurred in you that allowed you to start doing this type of connection with the, with the, um, other side, mm -hmm. what do you, do you, do you, a lot of people will say with spirit, with what, do you have a word? that you use? Um, I'm, I use all of them interchangeably and I encourage okay. like whatever resonates with someone to use that. Okay. So, so with your connection, did that open you up to this type of, um, like living from your heart then more like this is, do you, did those coincide? You making those life changing decisions? You know, I never, no one's ever really asked me that in that way. And I've never thought about it in that way. So I welcome and I'm grateful for these new questions. It definitely all happened at the same time. And I, and, and thinking about it now, I don't think it's a coincidence, right? Like, you know, right. my mom has always been this way, right? And in my years at Pepsi and in my corporate world, I was never open or looking for any of these things. And, you know, th this could have happened to me 10 years ago, but it didn't. So I definitely, you know, now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't think it was a coincidence. And in the work that I'm doing coaching and all of the intuitive things, and I'm definitely going to be teaching a lot more of this of, you know, how to follow your intuition and how to get in touch with your intuition and your own spirit guides and how to, you, you know, to, to heal through chakras and understanding all of this energy. It's, it's stuff I'm fascinated by. And so it all happened at the same time. And yeah, I, it wasn't a coincidence because I became more open and curious. And, you know, every time someone would talk about like, well, there's this energy and I'd be like, okay, I got to learn about this energy thing. And I was like, we talk about auras. And I was like, I got to learn about like the aura thing. And, um, I just kept actually, um, following through with the things I was interested in. Whereas before I was so wrapped up in the corporate world and I was busy and when I wasn't working, I would just tune out and, you know, do anything to not think about work and just kind of hang out with friends and hike or whatever. And so, yeah, I would say if people are interested in just start researching more, be open to it. If something sounds interesting, you know, like my mom is really, um, we were just talking earlier today. She's really interested in sound healing, like the sound bowls and Reiki. Mm -hmm. she, she does like, um, those are the things that interest her. And she has a lot of healing in her own ways too. And that's, the path that she follows. And I'm more interested in, you know, other parts of it with like crystals and chakras and energy and law of attraction. And so we just kind of, I would say, you know, to anyone listening, if you're interested, follow, be more open and just kind of follow what you find curious and you'll, you'll, you'll be surprised where it might lead you. Fascinating. And yes, that, that, that is a good reminder that when those those kind of things come up, those interests come up to, to understand, you know, that might be a little bit of guidance we're getting uh, from somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And you never, you know, I think the hard thing is we never know why. And sometimes, you know, I think of my mom, she's like, why am I called to these, you know, sound bowls? And it's like, it doesn't matter. You've got to start doing it and you'll see, like, we'll never know until you try it. And so, um, you know, even in my coaching, even if it's not about spiritual things, you know, some people are like, I just feel like, 
um, you know, writing a novel, or I just feel like taking a course for, you know, piano, right? Like who knows? And sometimes it's just like, you might meet someone who's teaching you piano and that leads you to something, you know, we never know why, but I think when you follow those little nudges and those winks and those voices and your gut or your heart, your brain or wherever they come from, um, when we follow them, I think that's where life starts to get a little more magical, but a lot of times we're so closed off and our brains, and this is a lot of the coaching that I do. Right. And so it makes sense that it goes hand in hand, but our brains are there to keep us safe. It's like, why would you try that? That doesn't make sense. That costs money. You're going to fail. This is time consuming, you know, all of the things. And a lot of times we just don't do those things that we're called to do. And I certainly never would have ended up where I am today in this um, incredible life and these gifts that I've discovered if I had been closed off or if I hadn't followed through on it. And believe me, this is never where I expected to be. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that I kept following what I was intrigued by. So I always encourage others to do the same. Beautiful. And you mentioned before to me about your letter that people, if they're curious about this process, that they can download a letter. Yes. That you've written. Yes. Love that. Thank you for the reminder. So a lot of people, um, you know, are maybe interested in doing a letter or just curious about, you know, what this actually happens. Like what do people say when they come through? So I had somebody, um, I changed her name, but she was willing to, cause the letters are very personal, but, um, it's a sample letter that I actually wrote for someone who, you know, sent in her questions and she actually provided comments along the way. So it's like, I can't remember, it's maybe five or six pages long, but she wrote comments along the way that was, you know, again, like I said, it, it feels like an inside joke. It will mean nothing to you otherwise. Um, but she kind of wrote like, this was meaningful because of X, Y, and Z. Like this phrase really resonated me with me because of this. And, um, yeah, I have that as like a PDF sample. So if anybody wants to read, you know, see what a letter actually looks like when you receive it, um, I'll, I'll write it. So it's, my website is Marissa medium. So it's M A R I S A medium M E D I U M.com and then backslash death dialogues. And you can just go and you'll type in your email and it'll send you the, um, the letter. So I'll set that up. Nice. Thank you. And we'll have, um, more details about where you can be contacted at and, and followed. That was the other question I wanted to ask you is, is on your, do you have an Instagram or something where you show your travels? Yeah. Or yeah. Do you blog or? I do. So no blog. I meant to do that when I first started and I was like, it's too much to handle. I love Instagram and I love photos. So yeah, my Instagram handle is at ML Medin. So M L M E D D I N. And I share, um, all of my travels through there. So yeah, if you're curious of what life looks like working remotely on the road and just hopping all over the world, um, I love to share my experiences and I just really love to share what life is really like in these countries. I think that so many people, um, you know, there's with the media, there's, there's so many false beliefs about what cultures or places are really like. And I go to places that, you know, people have never thought about or seen. And, and I love to share that, um, in just a real authentic way. So I welcome any followers as well. Well, Marissa, I can't even thank you enough for this really beautiful conversation and just the gifts that you've shared with us today. Thank you for taking time to be here. Thank you, Becky, for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you and I love what you are sharing and helping through your podcast as well. Well, thank you so much and you take good care. Thank you.
We hope you've enjoyed your time with us today. We'd love for you to get further connected with our project. You can find the links in the podcast information. You can also find the Death Dialogues Project on Facebook, on Instagram, and at www.deathdialogues.net. Take good care and see you next time.